today we're starting something very special. We are starting the Gospel of John. And this is the first time we've ever tried to go through the whole, a whole gospel book. Are you ready? And it's going to take us some time, but that's okay, isn't it? And so today we're starting the Gospel of John, and really just consider this the intro video, the intro message, okay? And so today we start this project, and so my my challenge for you is to ask the Lord to give you a hunger and thirst for his word. Amen? And that he would open up new things to you uh, throughout this the gospel of John. And my goal is that we would be open and hungry. Look what John says. John 6.35 says, then Jesus declared. Got it? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Come hungry for the things of God. He will fulfill you. Come thirsty for the things of God. He will bless you. You know, John was one of Jesus' closest disciples. You'll see throughout, uh, throughout Scripture that he was a close one. His nickname was John the Evangelist. The gospel, which most of us know, is the what? The good news. And really, John's gospel is pretty unique from the other three, isn't it? Pastor Caleb, he's learning all this stuff. Pastor Caleb is here. Come on, let's give it up for PCs in the house all the way from Oregon. So we're we're happy that you're here today, and you're going to like this series. You're going to have to watch it, all right? But the, the the Gospel of John is different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He shares many things about Jesus' ministry throughout Judea and Jerusalem. Matthew, Mark, and Luke leave some of these things out. Why? Maybe they weren't there at that specific thing. Maybe Jesus sat with John and said, hey, these are these things and so it's pretty, it's a really special book. And obviously, the most famous scripture of all is found in John, John 3.16. Amen? And so this is special. And what I love about John is in the second to last chapter, he gives us his thesis statement. What is a thesis statement? It's really the, the overarching meaning of what someone's writing. Normally it's near the beginning, but this one is near the end. And so can we stand up, and this will be our main verse for today. Let's stand for the reading of the word. You can find it in John 20, verse 30 and 31. And here is John's main thesis statement for his book. It says, starting in verse 30, it says, Jesus performed many other signs In the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would guide us as we 
open up the book of John for the next however long you want us to open it up. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Say hey to your neighbor. Say hey, neighbor. Are you ready? Good. Now settle down. These are written that you may believe. I love that word believe. Don't you? Do you know that that word believe is one of your nicknames? You are a believer. If you follow Christ today, you are a believer. That's one of your nicknames. You, I'm sure you have other nicknames, and we don't want to know them today, okay? <clears throat> that Jesus is, number one, the Messiah. And we believe it. Number two, he's the son of God. Number three, that you may have life in his name. Believe is that you accept something. David, would I, could I bother you for a chair? I just need to represent something. The main goal John has for his readers is that we may believe. Not make believe, but may, thank you, sir, appreciate your help, that we may believe. It's not about that we would just believe because we're like, oh, well, I believe, you know, I'm a believer or whatever. Belief is that we would trust in the Lord, not just trust in something or as the world says, Trust your heart. Have you ever heard someone say that? Trust your heart. The Bible says that our heart is evil. <laughs> right? And that God has come that he would renew our heart. So don't trust your heart. Trust Jesus. Amen? In our culture, that's kind of funny, isn't it? But all of those things, believe in something, believe in yourself, and just, just believe. Right? Have you ever heard people say that? Just believe. But believe in what? Just, just believe. The cosmos. Right? Just. But belief in the Lord in a simple, you know, scenario, because I only have like 30 or 40 minutes today. But belief in the Lord is three parts. We have faith that we would rest in him and that we would trust in him. So I've got this chair and imagine if this is your relationship with the Lord, all right? This is God and everything. I know this is just a chair, right? And a lot of us, a lot of us Christians are like, I'm a believer. We kind of rest on the Lord when we need him, trust on him, right? Oh, today's a good day. I'm having a bad day. I need to pay my bills today, so I've got to pray. Jesus is asking us to fully trust in him, that he would hold us up, to rest in him, that we would have life in him. Amen? Always, every day, not just on Sundays, right? We can't just be a Sunday-believing group of people. We need to believe and then trust 
is what? Trust is an action, right? I showed my action by sitting in the chair. Amen? Now I'm going to get up, but I don't, I'm not getting up, okay? I'm still trusting in the Lord today. Look what it says in Psalm 62, 1 to 2. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. We rest, have faith, and we trust. Psalm 27, 7 and 8. I love this script. I love this scripture. I had to memorize this at camp when I was a kid. We went to a horse camp, and this was one of the ones. Uh, Pastor Lindsay was my instruct- instructor. Okay, and I remember her teaching us this when I was seven years old. Look what it says, Psalm twenty. Look, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God, right? A lot of us, we put our trust in our money, in what we have, in people. But as for my house, I'm just going to add to this one. I will trust in the Lord. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise and stand firm because we don't trust in our horses and our chariots and what we have. We trust, we believe in the name of the Lord, our God, and we stand firm on him. Amen? So I have, a, I have a question for you for the first point. Number one, do you believe in the promise? Do you believe in the promise? In John 20, 31, in the, the second, the first part of that verse says this, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. These are written. It's amazing what's written in John, and we're going to get to all of it, right? John 2, 1 to 11 says, Jesus turned water into wine. John 4, healing of the nobleman's son. John 5, healing at the pool of Bethesda. John 6, feeding of the 5,000. John 6, Jesus walks on water. John 9, healing the man born blind. John 11, Lazarus is raised from the dead. Pretty awesome, right? So John is wants us to believe in the Lord. And not just believe, but to put our trust in him. So all throughout this gospel, he's going to give us evidence of why we believe. When John identifies Jesus as a Christ, he's not saying we just need to acknowledge him as Savior, right? Anybody can just say, well, yeah, uh, sure, he's who he says he is, right? They can kind of voice their opinion. But we need to believe that Jesus is the one who came to fulfill all of the promises. You with me? All of the promises. 
If you read throughout the Old Testament and then into the New, we see all of these promises that God has given to his people. Do you believe Jesus is that person? Do you believe Jesus is the promise keeper? All of God's promises are true in him. How many promises do you think are in the word of God? One promise? Okay. Anybody else have a guess? 8,810 promises in the word of God. That's a lot. Guess how many of those represent promises to mankind? 7,487. That's a lot of promises to you. And it's right in here. And John wants us to see that by believing in God, we get to accept and live out his promises for our life. Amen? And then there's lots of evidences, right? So one verse, one verse before the main scripture I read for you today, Jesus is talking to a guy named Thomas. He shows up after the cross, and Thomas is like, Jesus is like, come on over, Thomas. You put your hands here and touch this there. He's like, wow, I believe. And then the verse after it says this, John 20, 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. John, the apostle, was with Christ in that moment. He watched. He heard. He wrote it down. Blessed are you, New Hope Church, who believe without visually seeing Christ. Amen? And here are some of the promises. I'm just going to read off a few for you of the promises of the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God will strengthen you and uphold you. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. The Lord will go before you and be your rear guard. He will fight on your behalf. His love will never fail you. Wisdom when you ask for it. His plans are to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I could go on and on and on and on about the promises of God. Amen. We did, did you guys get sleepy because of the video? Okay, let's go. Come on. Help me out here. Okay, so that's the question. Do you believe in the promise? Amen. Number two, life in the name of Jesus. When we go through the book of John together, you're going to see and recognize the word belief or believe or the word life a lot of times. Let's look at the other part of John. So John 20, 31b, it says, and that by believing you may have life in his name. One of the dominant themes in the Gospel of John is our need for life. Why are there hospitals everywhere? Do you know that the, 
Do you know Christians started hospitals in this country? Do you know that? Do you know that Christians started schools in this country? Why? Because we have this thing inside of us that needs life. We want life. Why? Because God created us for life. He created everything else around us for life. You'll see things that grow outside. What does it mean to have life in his name? We're living right now. You're like, Pastor Landon, we're living right now. Isn't that life? Just a little bit. John understood the faith in Jesus as Messiah and God had value beyond the recognition of truth. We have life in his name. Why? Because God is life. And everything in, in him is life. And what's so important about the name? Do you know that you can pray in the name of Jesus and life will happen? Have you ever prayed for someone and they were healed before? Anybody? Yeah. Because why? There's life in the name of Jesus. He overcame death. And so if he overcame death, what does that mean that abounds in him? Life. And now, guess what? He has given life to his people. And that when we trust in him, we have... Some of us are with us, with me. When we call on his name, he saves us and gives us life. When he saves us, we have eternal life. Now, I want to I walk through these really quickly. And can we, can we give it up for um, everybody back there today on the camera? You know that during worship today, we had 6th and 7th graders running the online, running the camera, running everything on the big screen. What have you done lately? <laughs> I, want us to, I want to read this, and I need your involvement as I read this and as I close up the message today. I'm going to close here in just a moment. I want your, your help today. Can you all say life? life? All right. So when I'm reading these scriptures, and I'm going to be fairly quick, we're going to say life together as I read through. Okay, can you help me? And these are all scriptures from the Gospel of John. John 1, 4 to 5. In him was, and that was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You guys are doing awesome. Very, very, very truly I tell you, 
Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Dang, thanks, Greg. John 11, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And the final one. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. That's your intro to John today. Can we stand before we go? Come on, church. I'm excited. Can we bow our heads for a moment? I thought about this recently. How could we explain this life that we have in Christ? Is it a transaction? Well, I believe in the Lord and he gives me life. It's not really like someone shows up at your house with a FedEx package or Amazon or from UPS and says, oh, okay, you believed in the Lord. Now you get the package of life. It's more like an adoption. We were once in darkness and then we got to come into this wonderful life, this wonderful light because of our Savior Jesus. And we get into this beautiful house. And guess who's there to commune with us? Christ, the Spirit, God the Father. And in this life and in this house, in this adoption, we get to sit at the table with our Savior. We get to sit at the table with the Spirit of God. We get to sit at the table with Father God. And we get to commune with Him. We get to speak to him. We get to hear his voice. We get to hear his words. We get all of the promises that come with being adopted into that household. And guess what? He gives us a name. We get a new name. And that's the name Believer. And now we get to reside and be in that house starting then and for forever. Amen. So this is not some exchange. Oh, I said this prayer. I get the package. No, I followed the Lord and he invited me in and he changed everything that was wrong in me and forgave me of my sin and said, this is your new home. You got a new name. And you have a place, a seat at the table. How does that feel? Amen. And at that table, we get to laugh together. We get to cry together. We get to change together. We get to grow together. Amen. And what's amazing about this adoption process in the Lord's family 
is everybody on the planet is invited. It's like, well, no, no, they're from this country. They don't have their visa. Doesn't work that way. Everybody is invited in. No one is excluded unless they exclude their self. And this story of John in the gospel is a story about God saying, I brought brought my son into the world. In John 3.17, it says, not to condemn the world. To what? Save the world. To bring life to the world. And when you call on the name of the Lord, you, you will not perish, but you will have life and life eternally. Amen? So today, I invite you. I'm only inviting you because I got to read the Bible and God's invited you in and says, hey, come on in. The food's good. The table is all set. You just have to walk through the front door. The door is wide open. Amen? A big, big house with lots and lots of room. Amen? Can we bow our heads for a moment? So today, I'm inviting, maybe there's someone, maybe there's a group of people today that says, I've been running. I've run by the door a few times. I've kind of stepped foot in the door a few times. But today, I'm ready to accept the invitation of adoption into the family of God. Would you just say, that's me, by putting your hand up? Say, that's me. I, I'm ready. I'm, I stopped running. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. There's no fancy way to do it. You just say, Lord, thank you for my life. I'm ready to be fully adopted in. I'm ready to sit at the table. I'm going to stop running. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for welcoming me in. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead that I may have life and life to the full. And Lord, I pray just as you did in Acts 2 to the church, that you would pour out your spirit on me, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I may go and have the power to do what you said I would do in your name go to the ends of the world and preach the good news of the gospel in Jesus name and everybody said come on church let's celebrate today eight people said I want to be adopted into the family of God and that's the start next week John 1 1 in the beginning was the word